He served at the Pentagon as an Army JAG. He graduated from Notre Dame and has two law degrees from Boston University and Georgetown University. He's been practicing law for over 30 years. He's your family's personal attorney. It's time for the David Carrier Show. Hello and welcome to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. You have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. So give us a call, why don't you? 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. We'll get your question comment or concern on the air, whether it's about estate planning, which would be that wills and trusts, you know, all that stuff. What happens to the leftovers when you're gone, right? All that good kind of stuff. Uh, that's estate planning, doing the elder law. That's how we hang on to your stuff for you uh, while you're alive. Understanding, of course, that the, you know, like what is the greatest threat to you? You know, yeah, you really have to worry about the stock market. <laughs> Short answer, yes. Uh <laughs> But, you know, the stock market's not going to break you, right? I mean, put it all in bonds or CDs or money markets or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's ways to finagle that uh, insurance, uh, excuse me, the investment side of things. There are smart guys out there doing that. That's not what we do. Um, so what is going to break you, all right? Too many trips to the casino? Uh, I'm guessing not. Uh, instead, my view of the world is that the long-term care is what generally uh, gets people, people who've been working and saving and, you know, doing all the good things, right? Saving up the money for a rainy day, uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, the rainy day is long-term care. And whether it's $3,000 a month, uh, uh, no credential, nobody off a Craigslist, you know, if you find somebody that way, or maybe it's, uh, you know, $13,000 a month if you're in a, you know, skilled nursing or somewhere in between. Hey, Start writing those checks and see how long the savings last. See, that's what we're focused on. We're trying to make sure that uh, you don't get in a situation where it's just a spiral downwards and then your savings, rather than being a cushion, right, are just a kind of a speed bump on the way to Brokesville, right? So what we do, I mean, if there's any curious, you know, any, <laughs> just thinking, for some reason you haven't figured this out yet. I've tried to be pretty clear about it. Let me just do it again. Um, long-term care. Well, how does America pay for long-term care? The answer is Medicaid. Medicaid is how America pays for long-term care. Uh, whether it's at-home care, assisted living, you know, don't foster care, all the way through the skilled nursing. Now, in order to qualify for Medicaid, uh, you can have certain things and you can't have certain other things. All right? Because most people don't understand what the rules are, they think they can't have anything, which is not true. Okay, that has n never been true, uh, but, you know, or, or, oh, yeah, I can have a house, I can have a car, and I can have $2,000. Okay, yes, yes, I mean, most people understand that part of it, but the rest of it, this elder law stuff is, well, what else can you have? Guess what? There's lots of other things you can have. There's other ways uh, to, do this, to do this stuff, and that's what the elder law is all about. How do we make sure... How do we make sure that you don't go broke? How do we make sure that we've put the pieces in place in sufficient time to do it the least expense and have the best result? That's that's the deal. That's what elder law is about. Now, there are a lot of folks out there, and we do this too. Uh, we do this too. You know, uh, for people who have not planned ahead, okay? 
who have not planned ahead. Then the question is, well, what can you do for me now? You know, uh, I need long-term care now. I didn't, yeah, I didn't plan ahead. Okay, shame on me, whatever. But I didn't. What can I do uh, to preserve life savings? Now, and the answer is there's a lot of great stuff you can still do. You know, it's not nursing home or nothing. It's not broke or not, okay? Now, it's more expensive, yes. It's not as effective, true, to wait to the last minute. But, but that's like anything else in life, isn't it? You know, you plan ahead. You you know, if you started savings when you, you know, started your 401k when you first got the job, you're better off than if you waited for 10 or 15 years. You know, there's nothing new about that, right? You know, if you... Uh, you get in a car accident and you didn't buckle your seatbelt, well, maybe you should have planned ahead, okay? Uh, you know, it's not like we can't try to patch you up later on, uh, but it's a heck of a lot easier if you had the seatbelt on, right? And that's kind of, that's what that older law stuff is all about. It's it's not just uh, the pre-planning, although that's why we do these workshops, right? We do the workshops because guess what? If you plan ahead, it's easier, it's cheaper, it's more effective, but what if you don't? Well, for that, we have PACE workshops. You know, we have other, uh, the Medicaid workshops, okay, that are, okay, right now you have the need. Well, come to a PACE workshop. And we call them PACE workshops because these are the, uh, again, it's, a, it's one of those programs that fits very, very well with what most people want to do. Most people want to stay home. Most people want to care for their spouse, okay? Get, understood. Who, who, no, who wants to go to nursing home anyway? I don't, right? But uh, what if you had some help? You know, it doesn't have to be all family. It doesn't have to be all, you know, rent and aid, okay? There are ways, right, to get care, and, and you already paid for it, you know? Remember all those years when there was one number on your pay stub and a different number on your paycheck? The number on the paycheck was a lot smaller than the number on the pay stub, Okay, you've been paying for this. That's why we have the infrastructure that we do. That's why these programs are available. Okay, you've paid it forward. Now's the time if you need it. I'm not saying get it if you don't need it. I'm just saying if you're caring for your spouse, right, and, and the kids are helping out and what have you, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your spouse to look into the program of all-inclusive care. And go to the website, davidcarrierlaw.com. We've got the... Uh, Pace workshops, all the dates are on there. We're doing two-a-days now on those. So we'll do one in the afternoon, um, you know, if you're caring for your spouse. And if you're caring for your loved one, if you're caring for your parent, uh, we're also doing evening. So after you, you know, when, you, uh, when you're done with work, you can stop by and see uh, just how much easier it can be. Uh, this is not magical stuff. This is not, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call it, you know. Uh, we've got, as I said, we've got over 2000 Medicaid applications, about 2,300 now, I'm guessing something like that. Um, you know, where families got the benefits, they saved the life savings. Uh, and, and, you know, and it's not about saving life savings for the kids either. You know, that's another misconception because it's really all about how do I add to the government solution? The government solution is Medicaid. Okay. Wouldn't it be nice, uh, right? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to add to the government solution? Okay, some people are not in a position to do that because why? Because they already spent all their money because they didn't save it in the first place because they made different decisions. But if you made decisions, see, because the Medicaid is available to everybody, all right? By showing up in this country, 
right, with the citizenship or green card, <laughs> just by showing up, you know, you're entitled to the Medicaid. Okay, fine. But you did more. You did save. You did contribute. Okay? That should have consequences, good consequences for you, good consequences for your family. All right? And that's what this elder law stuff is all about. We also do with real estate and business law. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home, if you're looking to start a business, right? You know, if you're looking to start a business, I would say, follow your passion. No, I wouldn't say that, actually. What I would say is find out what other people need that's consistent with your passion. And if there isn't anything, well, work for somebody <laughs> work for somebody else, right? But if you can find something that somebody else need, you know, that other folks need and want, that it's consistent, well, then okay, you know. Because, uh, you know, running your own business, everybody knows how tough that is. Give us a call, 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. We'll get your question, comment, or concern on the air. You can always go to the website, davidcarrierlaw.com. That's all squished together, davidcarrierlaw.com. Drop us an email, david at david, you know, it's that electronic mail, you know, high-tech stuff. David at davidcarrierlaw.com if you'd like to get your question on the air. Uh, And, of course, you can always call us, 888-463-2843. That's 888-GO-DAVID. We'll get your, again, call us right now. We'll get you on the air. Call during normal business hours. Sign you up for one of the life plan workshops or, you know, the gun trust workshops, the pace. There's a a lot of stuff uh, that we're doing, whether it's in uh, Portage down by Kalamazoo on the other side of Kalamazoo, actually, from here, uh, whether it's at our New Holland workshop. You know, we had a, oh, you know, and I got to thank everybody who came out for our grand opening a couple weeks ago. I uh, had a great time at the uh, at the grand opening. had a lot of folks. I uh, really do appreciate that. And then, of course, up in uh, up in uh, Norton Shores, as well as the, uh, as well as Grand Rapids. In all of our locations, uh, your, the place where we have the workshop is also the place where if you decide to work with us, you know, that's in the office. It's all uh, co-located. Now, we are doing a number, and this is why you should go to the website. We're doing a number of, uh, you know, we call them um, hometown workshops. This is where uh, we're bringing it to you, you know, where we'll, uh, we'll, take, the, uh, <laughs> we'll take the show on the road and uh, uh, come out to you. Uh, and just th- those vary. I mean, it's pretty much uh, when people ask us, you know, can you, can you do a workshop here or there? We'll go ahead and do that. You've been listening. See, here we come to your. I'm not even going to try to sing this one. And I'm Dave Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. Don't say no, no, no. 
Are we never coming home? Well, give us a call at 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. And we'll get your question, comment, or concern on the air. Love to hear from you. Uh, Easy to do it. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, (laughs) Kind of easy to do. Uh, Just give us a call or email david at davidcarrierlaw.com. That's another way to do it. Or you can go to the website, davidcarrierlaw.com. And right from the website, you can even leave us uh, an email. But if you're going to do that and you want an answer, we just had this happen where someone uh, asked a bunch of questions and we don't have any return email. So, uh, you know, we'll be doing a phone call on that. But uh, if you leave us a return email, then we can, uh, you know, you can just leave it on the website. That's fine, too. But uh, if you give us a return email, then we can, you know. Give you the straight story with no problem. You know, so many um, so many of the things that people get in trouble with seem sort of natural or just, you know, what people would normally do. So let me get one of the emails that's sort of like that. How do I, here it is, how do I uh, have my mom transfer ownership of her 1992 modular home to me? So we're assuming this is a, you know, a, uh, you know, motor home, not a motor home, but a, uh, you know, mobile home kind of thing. Uh, my mom's terminal needs to transfer sell the modular home to me. It was sold to her for $10 uh, back in 03 by her mother. And all we have is a bill of sales drawn up by a lawyer and notarized. Well, that's something. Uh, no other paperwork to show she owns it. Whoopsies. I don't know if that's all that's needed. <laughs> it's not all that's needed. Uh, the home sits on a slab in a mobile home park, modular home park, and will not be moving. Well, here's here's the deal. Uh, there's a title to that vehicle, Okay. Uh, well, it's not a vehicle, but there's a title to it. And uh, the fact that you have bill of sale is not sufficient to transfer uh, title. I, and I kind of wonder what was going on back in 03 uh, when there was this bill of sale. I mean, why why didn't they just take the title and why didn't grandma take the title and deed it over to mom or, you know, sign off to mom? Uh, that's kind of curious. Um, you know, sometimes, um, and I forget what the year was, uh, they, years ago, they came out with some upgraded standards for modular homes, and then a mobile home park would not renew the lease if the home were, were too old. Uh, and this is, was 11 years back in 03, right, from 1992 to 03. So probably wasn't that old, you know, where the they did a bill of sale because if you did title, then the mobile home park would say, okay, you can't keep that here. Um, we've had that situation where – you know they they won't renew uh, they won't rent out to a, a mobile home that's uh, too old even if it's in good condition I mean we've had that where it's good condition but if it's uh, and I forget what the year was but if it's prior to a certain year where they came out with certain standards uh, then the, so maybe maybe that's why they didn't transfer the title maybe it was a tax issue I don't hard to say um, plus if um, if grandma back in 03, 14 years ago uh, if grandma ne- and this is the issue we're getting here. Um, if grandma um, was on the Medicaid, then she couldn't sign over the title uh, to mom, all right? She did it by bill of sale, which wouldn't show up. I'm guessing that's what happened. Um, and so we wouldn't have it because $10, the thing's worth, you know, it's 11 years old. Thing Back then, thing's worth a lot more than $10, right? And if mom, grandma had uh, retitled the vehicle, <laughs> I keep saying vehicle, had retitled the modular home in mom's name, right, have retitled it in mom's name, that'd be a transfer for less than fair market value, which is what a divestment is, okay? And now grandma, if she needs Medicaid, 
you know, nursing home care, long-term care, at-home care, whatever it is. Um, now, she's going to have a penalty period based on that transfer, okay? And that's the same issue that mom's facing right now. You see, mom can go ahead and get that, use that um, that title, excuse me, use the bill of sale um, to get a replacement title. I lost the title, uh, didn't do the paperwork correctly, you know, 16 years ago. Uh, we need a replacement title. And you can get a replacement title uh, in mom's name. The, but And then mom could sign it over to um, our uh, emailer here, right? So could send it over, so could sign it over. But now mom's got a divestment. Um, and then it says mom's terminal. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean terminal two years? Does it mean terminal next week? You know, who, who knows? Uh, but certainly... Um, uh, Certainly you want to look at it. Certainly you would want to get the title in mom's name at least. That would be the, that'd be the first thing. Otherwise, you're going to go to probate on the thing if it's worth more than, say, $20,000, um, you know, which is the limit for probate. But even then, you know, how do I get, um, how do I uh, transfer the title? You know, it, it's, a, it's going to be an issue. Well, you can say, well, uh, Sonny Boy here is next to Ken, so you can transfer title. But again, I got to get the title in mom's name, not grandma's name, because... Let's say he's got aunts and uncles. Well, now all the aunts and uncles and all the cousins are going to have to sign off on grandma's title um, before our emailer can get it, okay? So best bet is for mom to get title and then, um, you know, and then uh, retitle it to the, to the kid, but only if we know for sure, and how would you know for sure? You can't. Uh, only if uh, we're not going to need the, um, uh, the Medicaid for mom. So it's going to be one of those whole fire situations. And I think what they did, see, you know, back in the day, people used to do deeds a lot and hide them. And attorneys would hide deeds for people because they didn't want to give up control over the property, right? Still in all, they would do the deed and then it would say open on my death or things like that uh, to get around these these sorts of issues. And um, that's kind of what I think is, you know, this was quite a while ago. I kind of think that's what's going on. It's sort of that, um, well, nobody will know about this. Right? <laughs> nobody knows. You know, I mean, there was a lot of that stuff going on. And uh, I, I think it's just better to be really straightforward with it. And so if mom wants uh, this child, assuming that uh, he's not an only child, I mean, if he's an only child, then it's not a problem because then we can transfer the title on mom's death. Just take the you know, go to the Secretary of State with the title, with the um, uh, with the death certificate, you know, certify that you're the only kid. Now you can do the transfer. Uh, no problem. But before that happens, while mom is still alive, okay, uh, we've got to get the uh, replacement title done. And uh, I think that's the, uh, you know, something like this. That's the first order of business. Get the transfer from grandma to mom and then from mom to you. You're listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Though you've played at love and lost And sorrows turned your heart to frost I will melt your heart again Remember the feeling as a child When you woke up and morning smiled This time you felt like you did then There's just no percentage in Remembering the past It's time you learn to live again at last I thought love was only 
else but not for me Our love was out to get me That's the way it seemed Disappointment haunted all my dreams Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And this is how most people feel about us, you see. You know, uh, the disappointment haunted all their dreams until finally they come to a life plan workshop. And oh, my goodness, (sighs) I'm a believer. Well, you don't have to be a believer. I mean, it's just a matter of here are the facts. And, uh, you know, you don't have to believe them if you don't want to. You know, that's all right. You know, reality doesn't care. (laughs) Reality doesn't care whether or not you believe. You know, I mean, you know that already, don't you? Now, reality is what it is. On this side of the great divide, I mean, on the other side, faith alone saves. Okay, I'm good with it. But, uh, but on this side, uh, you know, it's not about uh, not about uh, uh, whether or not you believe that things should be a certain way in the Medicaid system and the probate system. You know how these things work. Um, your opinion doesn't count for very much. It, you know, that's just the way it is. The question is, what are you going to do about it? And uh, you know how it is. I mean, you get the boss at work who's a jackass and, you know, well, you got to deal with it, right? Or get another job. That's kind of that's kind of up to you. Uh, it's not, it doesn't do you much good saying, oh, this job sucks my soul away, blah, blah, blah. Well, do something about it. And uh, if, that's the, if that's the case, well, you know, that's reality and just deal. You know, you got to deal. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, love the monkeys. Anyway, uh, this is the David Carrier Show where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law, plus whatever is suggested by the bumper music, I guess. That's kind of how we do it. Anyway, 888-463-2843. That's the number to call right now if you'd like to get your question, comment, or concern on the air. I wonder if we have people who haven't dialed in before, you know, and uh, because you screwed up your uh, daylight savings time like I did. I mean, I'm, I'm out the door at 430 and I'm, I'm like... Jeepers, kind of dark here. Well, I mean, usually I'm out the door by 5.30, but uh, it seemed, <laughs> I'm looking at my, finally look at my cell phone. Oh, yeah. Daylight savings time, fall back. Got it. Okay. Well, you know, so if you're if you're new to the show, let me run down the things I usually yakety-yak about, and one of them is the PACE program. Uh, this is a program of all-inclusive care for the elderly. It's a Medicaid program, which means when you qualify, it doesn't cost you anything. And uh, it's an at-home care program. It's a, we love it. We love PACE. And, and the, the, the thing that is perplexing, troubling, disturbing, all those things is the fact that there are uh, openings in PACE, that there, are, there is availability for PACE, which people are not taking advantage of. Okay, it's out there. And, and this in a context of 64% of the time, the caregiver spouse dies first. Why? Well, a big part of that is they refuse any helping hand. They refuse a hand. Give us a call at 888-463-2843 if you'd like to find out more about that. Or you can go to the website, uh, David Carrier Law. David Carrier Law. You know, it all spells like it sounds like. Um, at uh, .com. <laughs> at .com. And uh, all the workshops are right on there. Click on the thing that talks about workshops. Go come to a PACE workshop or what have you. Um 
Let's get to some of our emails, shall we? 888-463-2843. 888-463-2843 if you'd rather hear your own question. So how can I get the money that was left to me by my grandmother? Grandmother died when I was 12. She left me money. Well, I was too young to receive it. Uh, When I turned 21, should have been 18, uh, well, um, unless it was an account, Uniform Trust uh, to Minors Act, uh, I had to file a petition to receive the money. When I did, the bank told me there was no money. Uh, It was left to me in a federally insured interest-bearing savings account through bank to remain unknown, uh, to be undisturbed pending further orders from the court, which is true. It's in our, it should have been in a restricted account. My uncle went to the bank and took all the money out in 2012. So not that long ago, he wrote over 50 checks taking money. Now I have been through three lawyers, still no money. How can he take my money out of the bank not being me? And the answer is a uh, good question. Uh, one of the ways that it could have happened was if uncle had a court order uh, enabling him to do that. All right. Uh, maybe he was your guard. Maybe the uncle was your guardian and conservator. I, I don't know. Uh, you're asking how this could have happened. And so I'm, I'm having to speculate a little bit. Um, maybe he just, uh, talked a good talk at the, uh, at the bank tellers. Right. Uh, how did he have, how did the uncle have the checkbook in the first place? There's just an awful lot of questions here, especially, uh, puzzling is that you've been through three attorneys already, three lawyers, uh, I mean, I suppose they could all have been idiots, you know, not knowing what they were doing. That's not uh, statistically <laughs> uh, statistically speaking, that's not impossible or even unlikely. But uh, but still in all, they must have done something. You'd, you'd think they would have developed a case, you know, uh, at least on a very basic level. And, uh, you know, I get that probably uncle doesn't have any money because, you know, we're, it looks like... Um, it looks like you're worried about uh, collecting from the bank, which, frankly, if the bank, um, you know, if and you'd have to look into it, but, you know, if the bank uh, ignored the uh, provisions on the restricted account, uh, because I'll tell you what, this used to be a big deal, it used to be a big problem um, until, you know, more recently, especially, um, you know, with our local probate judge who is absolutely deaf on this kind of thing. Um, I mean, he puts people in jail, you know, who rip off the you know, kids' trust funds, things like that. And uh, it, it just makes you wonder um, what's going on here. Um, the fact that, uh, I mean, maybe it wasn't even in a restricted account. You know, maybe it was set up incorrectly. And then you don't have the bank to go against. All you have to do is all, all, your your only recourse is against uncle, right, who if he's ripping off his nephew's trust fund is probably, a, you know, near do well anyway, right? Um but if uncle has some assets, maybe you go after those. But uh, but that's the question. You know, that's really the uh, the question. Um, the the way you would normally go about this is first of all go against the person who stole the money. You know, who violated the trust, um, assuming that that's what it was. And then um, and then if it was a restricted account and the bank ignored the provisions of the restricted account, then you would have liability against uh, against the bank as well. Uh, but this is one of those where you really need to look at some more uh, need some more facts here. Seems like um, seems like to me. Um, but um, but you know this is the way it works uh, generally where the um, where the uh, uh, you know grandma dies and leaves you money. But it, it was probably a uniform gift to minors act account, uniform trust to minors act account. That's kind of what it sounds like uh, because it's tw- age twenty one instead of eighteen. Uh, which would suggest that it is one of those uh, trust accounts. 
Um, let's get to another one. We've got three minutes here. Um, mom is 92. I have power of attorney. No brothers or sisters. No family members. I'm the only beneficiary. She does not want to pay for anybody to come in and help take care of her. Nor does she want to go to senior citizen or assisted living. Mentally, she is fine. Um, needs help doing daily chores, washing clothes, getting food, going to doctors. Basically needs a full-time person degree um, uh, to take uh, take her as a companion. Does not want to pay money to do so. I understand I'm power of attorney. I'm not legally able to compensate myself. Well, that's not really true. Um, under Medicaid, that's true. You're not able to, first of all, Medicaid views any payment for companionship automatically a divestment, okay? But for transportation, that's okay. But here's the other thing. The person who holds the power of attorney cannot compensate themselves, okay? So when you're saying, I'm not legally able to compensate myself, well, civilly, you know, in just sort of matter of basic contract law, you could, but Medicaid will view that as a divestment. Um, so even though mom doesn't want anybody else, you can't be paid to do it. And I know you've got your own job. Um, I also know she would not be open to the suggestion to give, uh, give me a salary or money to help her do things. Oh, there you go. Uh, please, if you're going to answer this, don't dance around the question. Tell me to see a mediator. <laughs> okay, I'm not. Uh, that will not do me good. Also, dad is uh, husband's deceased. Also, as far as my partner says, I'm able to do anything she can do acting for herself. Any financial matters uh, needs to be done. Well, this is, a, this is sort of the perfect case for Pace. And you say, well, mom doesn't want this, mom doesn't want that, mom doesn't want the other thing. I'm with you on that, okay? I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the idea that mom doesn't want any help and she's not willing to pay for any help and she doesn't want your help uh, unless it's for free, but you can't give for free because, you know, you've got your own, you know, you know you've got your own life to live. I get all that. Uh, but that, that said, I think um, the socialization opportunities available with Pace, you know, up to five days a week going to the senior center to see other people, to get out, They'll also um, do all the physicians, all the specialists, all the pharmacy, all that kind of stuff is included uh, with PACE. So be really, a, you know, you know, use that as your stepping stone, okay? And when I get back, I'll tell you. Well, yeah, I'll tell you when I get back. Uh, you're listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Carrier Show, the place where it's a little bit us, it's a little bit you, and uh, well, you know, the fact of the matter is you you already did all the hard work, right? I mean, you're the one who earned and saved and showed up every day and did all those good things. We're just trying to hang on to it for you. Well, trying to make it possible for you to hang on to it for you. 
That's uh, that's really you know, it's a little bit us, but it's mostly you, as a matter of fact. Uh, when we get success here now, in the last email, um, this was one where uh, um, let's see where to go. Um, you know, th- th- this is the one where uh, um, with the uh, with, you know, with the power of it, with the uh, power of attorney, I think. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, yeah, po- power of attorney, and mom doesn't want any services or anything else, right? And said, I don't want any services. Oh, by the way, I don't want to pay you for any services. So, you know, mom's, where's, where's mom's head at? Well, what she's thinking, I built up all this stuff. I want to, you know. See, here's, here's, here's the thing that most people don't get. I, w- I was just talking at the, um, Mary Freebed had a uh, stroke conference this past week. And so, you know, I got to speak to a room of people dealing with stroke victims. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, we do similar things in that um, they deal with people on a daily basis where bad things have happened, stroke, okay? And um, people never assumed it was going to happen. You know, it was one of those things that, quote, unquote, never happened. Oh, that never happens. Yeah, until it does, okay? So it was really kind of, um, uh, I say fun, but it was rewarding, it was I gratifying all the rest because those people do unbelievable job okay let's face it um over at mary freebed with the you know the whole stroke and uh, amputee division um they do just amazing amazing stuff uh, that most of us never see you know and because most of us just assume that doesn't happen well it does happen and you're very lucky to have you know dedicated professionals like we have over at mary freebed uh who are there not only you know and these were people from all over the state you know across the country were coming in uh for this conference and um, so, so it was gratifying because, you know, we deal, <laughs> frankly, we deal an awful lot with things that people say don't happen either, right? And, um, uh, but, but just in, um, you know, in talking to these folks, uh, you know, where we come in, see, if you have a stroke, right, and you've been saving your money and you've been doing all the good things and now you have a stroke, right, well, they can, uh, amazing things they can do, you know, to recover speech, to recover Uh, motor skills, you know, there's an awful lot of support for that kind of thing. But when such a large part of your world has been working since you're 10 or 12 or 7 or whenever, okay, and a big part of that has been, uh, you know, saving money, planning for the future, all the rest, and what happens is when when you have the stroke, well, now you can't work anymore. For a lot of folks, that's the the situation because it's not an age, um, you know, necessarily an age-related thing. Um, you know, but that, that whole financial part of things, that's so great. So now we've recovered, you know, we've done the occupational therapy, done the physical therapy, uh, but the societal thing, right. Who's going to pay the mortgage payments, right. Who's going to, um, you know, what happened to the life savings, which are such an important part of the, of the overall, you know, self image that we have, you know, all those, you know, who's going to take care of all that. Right. And so that's why it was very good working with them. But here, so here we've got a situation where mom, you know, uh, obviously having difficulties, right? Sharp physically, excuse me, sharp mentally, but needs physical assistance and doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to get any of it, right? Just assumes it's going to show up somehow because in her world, the way she's looking at things, maintaining that life savings is so important. And I don't disagree with that. I mean, that's an important part of, you know who you are, you know, if you've been working and saving your whole life, 
Well, working and saving is an important thing, or maintaining those savings now that you're not uh, now that you're not uh, contributing through work, right? So, you certainly understand the impulse. Uh, but here's the thing: when I read something like this, and the kid is telling me, uh, "Mom will never go for this. Mom will never go for that. Mom will never go for the other thing," right? In terms of getting the services or paying for them or what have you, uh, that's where I'd like to beg, you know, beg to differ. Okay, beg to differ a little bit there, um, because what we have seen, especially with the at-home care programs, right? If we can kind of break the shell, if we can get through, right? So that, and there are ways to do this um, psychologically, so that they start accepting some help, right? So that they start seeing the benefits. I mean, we've had, and I've mentioned this before, um, but we've seen folks who, where the kids are like, no way, no how, mom would ever, you know, participate, etc. And then. You know, we finally go through it and, you know, mom's the bell of the ball. You know, she's part of the knitting circle and all the rest of the stuff when they finally uh, do get involved. You know, and you realize that a large part of the rejection of solutions has been isolation, lack of friendship, lack of companionship, lack of socialization, all those things, which are among the things that PACE offers. It's like, look, here's a situation where you'll be seeing other folks similar to you. Some folks who are not doing as well uh, mentally or physically, right? Some people who are doing just as well as you are mentally and physically. So there's a wide range of people out there who are participating in these programs already uh, where you can join in, okay? And you also have professionals running these programs, okay? Uh, similar to the, to the people who deal with stroke victims, right? Um, who are aware of the needs, who are sympathetic to the needs of the of the people in that situation, right? And who have ways of dealing with them, okay? I, I think, you know, as much as the law matters, which it does matter, you've got to do it right. you got to get legally, technically, you've got to get this stuff correct, okay? You just, there's no, uh, you know, that's the foundation. You, you can't build anything unless you've got the foundation. The foundation is being correct legally, technically, you just have to do that. Um, but, uh, but the next step, which is recognizing, you know, that yes, there are these things available, okay, and they can actually fit in uh, to your view of the world. There are these things that are available that can make a much better quality of life uh, for mom and dad, for your spouse, right? Um, you know, when you're, you're the caregiver, Right. I mean, I, I, got, I go back to my dad. Uh, he, you know, he told me so. Oh, David, I'm just putting one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I know, Dad, but you're getting three hours of sleep a night and you're the one who's doling out mom's pills. OK, well, what is what is the likelihood that you're doing that correctly? You know, you never make a mistake because you're exhausted, you know, and, and how is this good for you? Do You see, it's it's but until. You know, in my dad's situation, which was not optimal, it was like, you know, finally it was like, hey, dad, um, you know, my sister was, forget about it. I'm dialing 911. I'm doing it right now. Well, how much better would it have been if a year or two before, you know, they had started getting some help? Now, my mom was one of those people, you know, very familiar with them. Reject, reject, reject. Okay. But, you know, you got to believe, you know, <laughs> you got to believe, right? Give it a try anyway. Right. See if these people who are used to dealing with people like that, they're used to people dealing with folks who reject. OK. And find very good outcomes on the other side. 
So just because mom did, oh, I don't want this, I don't want that, and this is what our emailer is telling us, mom wouldn't go for this, wouldn't go for that, give it a try. You might be surprised. You're listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. You've been listening to The David Carrier Show, a lively discussion addressing your questions and concerns, but not legal advice. There is a big difference. So when making decisions that affect your family, your property, or yourself, the best advice is to seek good advice, specific to your unique needs. If you missed any of today's show or would like additional information about the law offices of David Carrier, please visit davidcarrierlaw.com.